0: This is an Area Code Podcast.
1: You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LigarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I am Aaron and with me again, as always, thankfully, is Dave. That's right. Yeah. But another episode, we're cheating on Barnabas. That's right. Yeah. He he's too good for us right now with his church job and <laughs> his church job. His church job. He seems like oddly serious about this. It's kind of funny. He's doing well. This is good for him. It really is. But I'm is. worried for us.
2: <laughs> I am. Like you know, he's using like big theology words
1: and stuff like that. Like he cares yeah, about things. Small groups, discipleship. Well, you know, he is the he director like, of small groups at his church. Oh, that's why. Okay. Or discipleship <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> he um, seems like Director he, of discipleship. That's what he he it is. He seems
2: like he cares about yeah. people. It's amazing. Yeah, when did that happen?
1: I don't know, man. That's amazing. He left, He's grown left, as a person. since he left here? <laughs> so, He's grown right. as a person, and I'm proud of him for that. His personhood.
2: Yeah. yeah. Good for him. With Yeah, with good his coffee. Him. With his coffee.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look, you can't go wrong with a good cup of malcontents blend uh, from Ligaris Roasters. Yeah. It's delicious. It's way better than gut check. You know this is true. <laughs> All right. The happy ramp almost as good, but really, it's yeah. it's all about us. Don't yeah. even worry about church curmudgeon, though. So it's fine. <laughs> anyway, whatever. All right. Dave,
2: we have some special friends here. We do. Um, yet again, we have. If you listened to the last episode, um, if you have not, but we have Nick Reinerson. Hi, and sorry about that last episode. No, 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 no. I got yeah. a little. I got a little all intense. Right. We uh, a gl- sorry,
1: we forgot to explain the rules on this show. We don't apologize for things. No, we okay, don't. Okay, I rescind my apology. There you go.
2: He's just going to bleep you out at some point <laughs> randomly. That's your payment, all <laughs> <laughs> right? That's your penance. Uh, no, but we talked at a great conversation about Wendell Berry, since Nick is a Wendell aficionado. And so do listen to that. And if you're not a Wendell Berry fan, he may help you reconsider to try a book or two. So there's that. But uh, we also have a new guest as well, James Kennard. Uh, another friend of ours who James also works at useful groups, founder of useful group. Uh, but James, Nick, Aaron, and I, um, of course in Barnabas, like we talk books a lot. That's mm-hmm. part of why I said, James, James does not live in town either. Uh, James lives up in the Chicago area in That's right. Aurora.
3: That's right. Um, A St. Louis Cardinal fan living in Chicagoland. So we're here to talk Cardinal baseball, right? Well, you know, we're every gonna... time
1: I hear Aurora, I immediately think of Wayne's, the opening scene of Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> and it just went, makes Wayne's World. me World. happy yes. with Mike Myers with his Scarborough, Ontario accent talking about living in Aurora, Illinois. It's the best.
2: <laughs> Do they, like, celebrate that movie in Aurora? Not really. Anyone? I've never heard anybody
3: in Aurora mention that movie. Really? really? The guess, that it's the only people outside of Aurora. I all the time. Yeah. You're, you're in Bloomington. It's
1: the only thing that Aurora is known for.
3: That's right. Yep. That's right.
1: City well, of thanks lights. for having me. City yeah. of Lights, right? Is that, City, it is the City of Lights. Is that
3: on, like, the...
2: I don't know, like the stone entrance to Aurora. Oh, there's a church
3: called City of Lights. There's oh. signage, City of Lights. Oh, City lights. 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 lights, City okay, of Lights. I think City of Lights.
1: You never it's know. The... Uh, never know. Right. Is that Detroit?
2: Uh,
4: oh, man. oh, man. Too
1: soon. What's everyone got against Detroit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh well, well, James, good to have you on. So yeah, we we've always talked a lot of books. So I think it's been fun. yeah. What? Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) No, you're like leaning in like you're going to say something. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, No, but uh, so James comes in town every now and then. So that's why I said, dude, sometimes when you you get in here, we've got to have you in the show because and we were talking beforehand, kind of what some some things we wanted to go through. um, And James actually had a good idea. And.
1: We're going to talk about the books. I thought it was a good idea. You you make it what? sound like that's the first time James has had an no, 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 idea. No, no, no. It's more like or that you're surprised no, that no, James has No, no, has it's good more
2: ideas. like so I knew with Nick we were going to talk Windowberry and I just said get your head wrapped around that cuz I really want to cuz we haven't like done that and Barnabas would like hate talking about Windowberry for an hour. So that was the opportunity right there. With James is we could talk about a bunch of different things cuz you do read a lot of different types of books. But it's more when you get about four dudes in a room You got to make this interesting for everyone. So I don't know. I think the
3: hesitation you're picking up there was that Dave – Dave knows that you guys should be the ones leading the conversation topics. The fact that I had the idea yeah. says something. We're bitter. That's really we're a little embarrassed.
2: But if a listener, if you <laughs> have not picked up on the fact that we plan these out about five minutes or less in advance, uh, then five
1: minutes is when we're really prepared. Yeah, it's just really a, prepared. It's just
2: a couple of girls gapping together. Really. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, there you go.
3: So, but the idea, James. Would you like to introduce the idea? Sure. Yeah. I was thinking that we, it would be fun to talk about and, and, and perhaps interesting to listeners to, to look at our, our, our book reading through our seasons of life, you know, what, what books we remember at certain periods, how that shaped us, how that maybe, maybe took us from one transition to the next. And, uh, and, uh, that was, that was the essence of the idea.
2: Yeah. I it's like good. it. I it's like good. it. It's a good topic. All right, so how, how early do we want to start? Just when we started reading books, can period. Like, can
4: we go like, do like little kid and then like, puberty and then like teenage years <laughs>
2: i don't want to know well I, 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 I feel exempt. like there's a exempt lot of from puberty <laughs> all right we're just not um, getting go there. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron James and I
3: will cover that.
2: All right, we said we're not going to be... call it puberty. We're going to come up with better.
1: <laughs> I don't know what are the kids calling it these days. Um, just, I don't even know. I
4: don't, any. I don't, too, don't know. Can we just do early this stuff? Can we do year by year and just be in here for four hours? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. Well, we lost half of no. our listeners no, already. No.
2: So no.
3: No. Eventually, I have to junior goal. high, high school. There you go. Okay. There, there you go. Very nice. Ooh. All right. Fine. All right. That'll so early fun.
2: years. All right. So when you first, when you kind of discovered books, you're like, man, this book book reading is fun. Yeah. Like This is this something that's kind of captured me. Yeah. Or whatever. So do yeah. you have one in mind to start, James?
3: I remember, I remember reading books when I wasn't supposed to, in, in my junior high classes, mm-hmm. and specifically chemistry. Well, chemistry is more high school, but science and even. Even like language arts, as we called it back then, way yeah. long ago.
2: So you're reading books during class, like and not yeah, well If attention? you prop up the textbook just so,
3: oh. you can sneak in some some better yeah. reading.
2: I did that, but with sleeping. <laughs> so James, so, that's, what, that's how that's how you did it in Arkansas. Is so that, I, yeah. I remember, and
3: and I think I think why this sticks in my memory is that I had a I don't remember exactly which class, but I remember a, a rather large textbook, and I was hiding behind it. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the full volume that oh, had all there of the books, go. right? Wow. So, yes. pretty conspicuous to actually be you know, flipping through that book page by yep. page while the teachers teaching.
1: Yep, I like that. So, so, so,
3: so as far as I mean, a more meaningful point from that, I don't know if I have one, except that that's the most. That's like the one of the earliest memories yeah. I have of like I am enjoying reading, and I kind of want to own that, I suppose, right? Yeah, like yeah. and like. Uh, yeah. And that, I mean, that book, if you've read that book, it's, it's great. It's great. It's, it's I mean, like laugh yeah, out loud, which is probably not the best, again, to be reading in a public school classroom. Generally, generally not a wise, savvy – like not a savvy
1: choice there. Good choice from like an enjoyment standpoint.
3: Right. That's right. But that's contextually, right. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, that's about as rebellious as I got in those days. So, yes. you know? Such a rebel. <laughs> Such a rebel. How about for you guys?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man. Well – my reading patterns have always been weird. So I remember like, this is going back pre like before, you know, junior high into like grade school. I remember reading um, this really old copy of, uh, of some Sherlock Holmes stories that we had in our house. Yeah. And so I was like eight reading stuff like that. Nice. And um, novelizations of, indiana jones and the temple of doom and like the f- the full-size ones not the junior novelizations and stuff like that and um lots of terrible trashy media tie-in novels um <laughs> yeah, you always shared that yeah it's
2: funny like you'd, yeah you'd get into star trek and then you kind of go into another world with it yeah and Aaron, oh my
1: goodness
3: i've read a star trek novel or two yeah. in my day
1: yeah they are horrible yeah <laughs> they 're so badly written
3: um, at least they so were in the 80s um,
2: so with a lot of those yeah. did the creators just basically just license out writing well, I mean is pretty
1: it... much yeah like um, like Paramount owns the owns the books they they have a partner publisher that they that they do it with it's all licensed through Paramount's Media Group and um, and so they're basically like these are the things you can and can't do but not, uh, but just be aware none of what you do counts and <laughs> and and that's about it. So you can't kill off a major. You can't kill off a major character. You can't. Uh, you can't do anything like that um, unless it's some kind of time travel story. And, and there's <laughs> a reset b- button built in anyway. So, so yeah, the search for Spock <laughs> that just didn't go well, did it? The uh, the, the third movie was that was the third movie.
3: That was a solid movie. You like that one? That was I good. I kind of remember it. It was fun. Yeah. No, see, it was, fun. It was not
1: as good as Wrath of Khan, but that's okay.
3: Um, <laughs> but well, That's right. They killed him off and Khan. then changed their mind by the next movie. That's right. Because right. yeah, yeah. he was
1: like, oh, I actually like playing this character again and wanted to – Oh, then came is that back. what happened? He just got to i write me he out He of agreed this? to do the second one only on the condition that they would kill him. And so he was supposed to die early in the movie and then he was having a good time and they kept rewriting it. And they were like – and he's like, okay, when am I going to die in this movie? And it didn't come until the very end. And then he was like, I actually had fun with this. Hmm. And so they set it up as – they set it up open-ended for a sequel. And there was like – he's like, all right, I'll come back but only if I can direct the next one. And He directed that one. He directed that. Was the first, I didn't know that. That was oh. actually the first movie that yeah. Leonard Nimoy ever directed. Wow. Yep. And then he did um, – Star Trek four, which was the best received aside when from the San Francisco. Come yeah. Back in time. Their, yeah. Their time travel. I like one. that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was basically a comedy in, in, in Star Trek and it's, that's fine. It was, it was amazing. It hasn't held up all that well, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it hasn't. no, it's hard whenever um, you
2: throw in some special effects in that time, but oh, well,
3: Well the practical effects are actually pretty good.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay.
2: The practical right. effects are good. All right.
3: So, All right, there you anyway. go. Sorry, right. I did not, not uh, expect to talk about Star Trek. On this. Sorry, yeah. this, oh, this, know, went, where this this is just went this just went to a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is really, bored. I, mean, really, I I'm like, really scared where he's, he's going with this right now. He's daydreaming about Wendell Berry, and <laughs> uh,
1: and that's fine. But um, but I mean, as like so so stuff like that, uh, Tolkien uh, with the the Lord mm. of the Rings that was that was in there early on. Um, I remember reading Dune and Douglas Adams and and you know Neil Gaiman comic books first nice. um, when I was in when I was in high school um, because he hadn't started writing
3: novels yet so there was that stuff too. How old were you when you dipped into Frank Herbert Dune? Oh, like ten. Okay. So how did that land on you? I mean, a 10 verse 18 verse now, that's a different book. Oh it, my goodness. Yeah. It's been years since I've read it, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it was,
1: it was interesting. It was, there was so much I didn't get. It was like, this is weird, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I want to keep reading it. Mm-hmm. So.
2: All right. Yep. Okay. Nick, what do you got?
1: man the younger younger Nick Rears like yeah. five years ago how was the
2: yeah, experience for I'm you when you were in junior I'm, high by the way we're I'm all like, like 40 49 or, we're all like all 40 or almost 40 in the room and then we got Nick He's I'm in the 27 club yeah but you're like That's an right. old man though you really do <laughs> if you talk about Wendell Berry for an hour and we had to like shut you down like that is <laughs> that is that, 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 that you're sure, an we old gonna, man we were like gonna it.
1: put a blanket on you yeah. and let you just I w- cozy up in the hot hot room I was gonna think that I thought neurotic is probably the word that
4: I would use but yeah sure <laughs> sure, old soul, whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, I was I was all over the place. So I, you know, and just a, a side note, like having parents who read gets you into reading, like gets you reading so much more. And my dad just had wall-to-wall bookshelves all around the house. And so like I had access to great, great stuff early on. So um, when I was little, um, and by little, I mean like probably five or six, my favorite thing where... I don't, you can still find them in like antique shops or like used bookstores sometimes. They're called Great Illustrated Classics. Yes. So what they are is they're these, they're, they're about yay thick. Um, you can't see me podcast listeners, sorry, but I'm taking my fingers and putting them together into a thickness of a normal size book. Um, and they're a white cover with uh, red lettering. And it's all of these classics. So like White Fang, <laughs> uh, Red Badge of Courage, Count of Monte Cristo, um, what are some other ones I mean Three Musketeers all these like Hunchback of Notre Dame um, all of these like awesome historical like written into like 80 to 100 pages maybe a little more but like with illustrations on every page and like distilled down so I read all of these classics in these illustrated form and I tore through them I must have like 25 of them and I remember them like that's how I got into reading books and so
3: um, did you know they were the dumbed down versions at the time oh yeah Mm-hmm. sorry that is, I w- that's sorry it. that I wasn't reading
4: Dumas and uh, Hugo at five I'm sorry I'm behind in Arkansas dude all right, all right, yeah, I didn't really up. have
2: books in Arkansas
4: man yeah.
3: chill out um i was one of the lucky ones i, I learned how to read
2: the, yep. every every time i love when someone like discovers you're from arkansas they're like confused like wait you don't sound or look anything like you come from arkansas which sounds terrible because the there's there's amazing people from arkansas they think like i
3: don't know country or something like that i'm like no
2: not at all man when i first
3: took my wife to arkansas to, to show her my hometown she's like I did not expect it to look like this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Arkansas is great. I know. Sure.
3: Yeah. It's- uh, sure,
4: like,
2: sure
3: so that, I you know, did. the question is, what yeah, did from you expect? No <laughs> <lawyers>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, it's great. Fine. Everything's yeah. Everything's great. great.
4: Um, but yeah. And it says, um, I'm just going to move on. We're done, done digging on Arkansas. You look more like an Ohio guy to me, James. Like if I had to be like, <laughs> where is this dude from? I would have said Ohio, like central Ohio. You're not a Cleveland, dude. You're like Columbus. Um, uh, but anyway, take that for what you will. Uh, as I got it. as I got older, so i i read um, I read Tolkien. Um, I read the first two Harry Potter books and got bored because I just didn't think they were very good. Um, but I was also have a kid.
2: You, have you revisited?
4: No, nope. really? Nope. Do you want to? No, not really. At some point, maybe. There's a lot of good books to read that yeah, I haven't no, read. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just yeah. I mean, people. it. I honestly like. I don't read a ton of fantasy. I don't read a ton of sci-fi. Yeah. Um. I I respect. I I'm interested to like. Find the gems, and occasionally I read something. But so, what I really got into coming of age, junior high, when everybody's really moody, so um, I was really into film as well. Mm. So, like, my dad got me onto Akira Kuasawa really young, and so I was into, like, you know, Yojimbo and Seven Samurai, Throne of Blood it's like, great films, and so I got really into Japanese culture. And so I read one of my favorite books, still one of my favorite books. I've, re, I've reread it again as I've gotten a little older and it holds up and is really impactful and interesting. Um, it's a book called Musashi by a guy named Ija Yoshikawa. So it's this great classic novel. I think it was written in the 19th century, but it's a samurai novel. It's sort of an epic adventure. Um, I think Yojimbo is based somewhat on it. But um, so this was the book that really like dove me into like hard to read book because it was, it was like, it's like 900 pages. It was like a, it was a heavy book. Like it was, I remember it being a challenge as a kid. I still have the first copy I read and it is destroyed because I took it with me everywhere. And I would just sit in a waiting room and read or like, you know, at the store, like sitting in front of the store, waiting for my parents to shop, just sitting there reading this book. And, um, and I remember just being like captivated by it. Um, and as I got a little older and like, you know, got into like high school a little bit, um, I got really into heady stuff. So I, Camus was w- like, I was reading Camus when I was 13, which no 13 year old should read Albert Camus. <laughs> like, no. that is just like, you're moody enough at 13. But I, I mean, I was really impacted like ideologically and, and just the way of thinking through um, The Stranger and The Plague. Um, and then Vonnegut kind of followed in the hills and I, I devoured Vonnegut as a kid. Yeah. So. That's kind of where my, that was my childhood. So like I do a little bit of like, you know, I read, you know, I read uh, Lord of the Rings, but for the most part, it was like, it was moody stuff. I was just a moody kid who had access to like, like classical moody books rather Mm. than like grumpy young adult fiction, you know? So I was just, I was your normal teen with just a bigger library.
1: (laughs) Just your average teen reading Camus. my gosh. <laughs> wow. You know. I was jo- just that kid. enjoying it. And, it. You Musha.
4: know, like, as I tell you that I'm a 13-year-old <laughs> reading Camus, you know what I look like as a 13-year-old, right? Hood up, in the corner, Did long you, hair. Okay.
1: you long hair? Did you a
4: cape? I did not know. I was okay. Actually, I was kind of cool. I was a skater and I was in indie hip hop. Like, I had all these, like, oh, there you I was go. Just the kid who had like the black hoodie always up. Indie so, you indie were the okay. Man. So, you we'll were, talk about that later. So, you were the white kid in the suburbs. I was not in the suburbs. I was in Bloomington, Illinois. That is not a suburb, it is its own self sustaining town. It is two hours from Chicago. Touched I, resent, the nerve. I resent the affiliation. <laughs> anyway, continue.
1: So wow. you're shaking up all my stereotypes all right, here. All right, all right. I'll, Canadian, Fine, I'll, I'll finish I'll finish up, and then we'll move Fine. to another layer. Here. You're great. Okay,
2: you're great. Uh, I, I, I've shared uh, before on the podcast. I was not a big reader growing up, but I did love a few types of books, and they're always Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Um, you mentioned Red Badge of Courage, which kind of hit me too. Uh, across five aprils another civil war book that follows kind of a kid growing up and they're all like coming of age stories i think that's what i think that was a theme it's suddenly a kid or a boy to become a man that i can identify with and i think i was my mom just kept throwing books at me she was great um yeah. she knew i like <laughs> war stuff so she's like all right <laughs> go you know um but, yeah, I just kind of lost it for a decade until my early 20s. I mean, I read plenty in high school. I just didn't love it. I sure. mean, so there's not, like, other than To Kill a Mockingbird, there's not a memorable book that's like, oh, man, that changed it. I've reread many of those books, and we've talked about it in this podcast. But I, I just— Books were on the side for me. Here,
4: here's a fun side quest of this pod, podcast. What are some books you were forced to read in high school that you really liked? Do you remember any? You said To Kill a Mockingbird. That I liked oh, then, or okay. anyone? Yeah, I liked that you really like. You were forced to read and end up really like being like, "Oh, this is pretty impactful."
1: I mean, Gatsby. Gatsby. Hmm. I didn't expect to like, like it, I and mean, I did a lot. Uh, we. T- uh, Catcher in the
2: Rye. I mean, I I I know, uh, I, I know. So I, know. I mean, I I rye. love and hate it. We probably no, I just hate it. it. You just I you hate, just hate it. is the best. He's,
4: he's so such moody. A
2: <laughs> okay, a little, but that's what makes him so endearing. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, but but that's a unique one where I read it again and I hate him. you, you know what I mean. It's more like you spoiled kid. You know, I mean, that's really it. But you read it as a high schooler, suddenly you're like, yeah, I mean, I feel what he's going through, this and that, and. keep saying spoiler alert all right but no he's (laughs) yeah the dude the kid's nuts all right so let's just kind of go with that Mm
1: -hmm. but it's i don't know i have less patience for those characters later in life well because now because now you're old enough to be his dad and so you're probably thinking more what would i do if this was my kid yeah and it's like things i probably can't say on a podcast you're not saying you'd kill him are you aaron (laughs) Not saying that. Okay. Wow. Canadian not... <laughs> wanting to murder. Interesting. Or consider we, murder. We, we use knives for that. We don't use, use guns. Right. Which <laughs> I'm sure society thanks you for. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Stabbing is a problem. Mass stabbings. Anyway, <laughs> yes. I can't. I can't. I can't talk about be mass the, shootings is That can be and the title of this, <laughs> of
2: this particular episode. Stabbing is a problem. <laughs> All right. That's good. Uh, All right. Let's take. Let's go up a another, another level. All right. Next layer of life. Let's do high school into early 20s college yeah yeah college yeah the rest of your student years give me yeah. kind of those
3: yeah that's when I started getting into uh, military history a little bit um, history in general uh, was um, becoming really interesting to me Actually, I mean, it makes me think, you know, not to go, to, not, to, not to take a hard turn back to Star Trek, but something that was interesting <laughs> about. All, <God>. it, seriously. <laughs> no, no, this, <laughs> I, I, this, Dave, I think you will appreciate this point. I don't know if I'll make it well, but I think part of, in, in, in retrospect, I think there was something about the leadership and like the organizational nature of, of, you know, Jean-Luc Picard and how that stuff was playing out that was really interesting to me. And like, how do you, and then as I started to get into military history, how do you rally people on a, on a hard, complex mission? And, and, and uh, so those were, and part of that was like right out of, right out of high school, I went to the Coast Guard Academy and some of the things they were assigning us to read were uh, in that genre, but I was really loving it.
2: Mm-hmm. You're reading Star Trek at the Coast Guard Academy? No. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no. merging yeah. junior yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read yes. a Star Trek book <laughs> since
3: junior high. Let me be clear.
2: That's what I thought you were going like. Hey, that's cool. We'll we'll just that. I'm just trying to connect. I'm trying to give we some justification. For can that. I
4: challenge? Can I challenge? Like throw a red flag on that? Yeah, you I can. I challenge. I In think you've you definitely read a tra- Star Trek book since junior high.
1: No? How do you I prove that? No, know, it's just Star Wars after. Okay, that's fair. I'm just
4: surprised. I think... I think you should go back to it. But anyway, uh, I should go back to Star Trek. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll help you out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's what I that's what I would say. I mean, it was then it was in the in my in my I guess my mid 20s when uh, there was also starting to be my th- heavy theology period and reading um, a lot of Christian living um, during the, Wheaton and post Wheaton. Correct. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, it was just becoming a voracious reader whereas before it was a little bit inconsistent right you're Mm -hmm. doing sports in high school and then but then as you start to move as i started to move from um you know through my years at wheaton into okay now i have like i I used to use a word but more ownership over my reading diet i I, that next sort of stretch was a lot of theology uh some philosophy but more um more of that whereas now i'd say i won't well i'll save that for later
1: Okay. There you go. All right. I Um, got to pivot
3: back to a a high
1: school – actually, a late high school, early college reading habits. There tended to be a lot of um, trying to find um, weird stuff to impress girls with. <laughs> and just so you know. So like, what, like worked, uh, that how would work? you do this? How, like, yeah. like thinking like think like Eastern philosophy kind of things. Nice. Um you know, like you, Siddhartha by Herman Hess and, oh, yeah. and and all that kind of crap. What do you like and, quoting uh, it in an everyday like No, I
4: just see Aaron like sitting in like a college campus with his feet up, like on a like sitting very like posed reading Siddhartha with one hand. Like nodding, you can clearly
2: see the book cover. Yeah, and oh, and yeah, yeah, you're the, absolutely. You, you're not far mm-hmm. off. Okay, he just, he's
4: he's like mm. kind of got that like like low Mona. My mm. mm. oh. Spectacles are yeah, on. Yeah, and... but like low a little bit. Maybe <laughs> he's wearing sunglasses. Mm. Yeah. No. Uh huh. Mm. Mm. I don't like your coffee
2: conversation. If you said it's good, I see that. don't <laughs> <laughs> like that. Aaron,
3: <laughs> yeah. But, but did it work? Yeah. yeah. Here's
1: oh, the thing. I mean, this married, is the advice. So. Well, I am married, but it was not because of of those attempts. Those those attempts do not work. Um, so let that be a lesson to you young men who may be listening to this show as opposed to all the middle-aged men who are listening to this show. Um, it might work if you're middle-aged. Uh, non-married. Just no, saying. I okay. don't know. Married. I've never been middle-aged unmarried. So There you go. Nor have I. But it doesn't work. just makes you look like a pretentious windbag. I've okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> read uh, uh, Surprised by Joy in college mm-hmm. and that was kind of my I mean, even though I'd read Christian books became Christian when I was fifteen but you know it's suddenly you're like wow okay I mean that's a memoir right I mean uh, from C.S. Lewis about him his conversion more or less mm-hmm. and uh, it's a it's a great book it's not too long um, but yeah kind of igniting something to me I started reading a lot more just Christian books in general I'm not necessarily like theology but just yeah I just was curious uh, about different writers out there so. Yeah. I was I was a later bloomer.
1: There you go. That's <laughs> fine. It happened.
2: <laughs> Not in that way.
3: <laughs> Aaron <Well>. James Nick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the face they just gave me was just perfect. So we can capture that one.
4: All right. So Whoa. glad this
1: is an audio medium. Yeah. We're <laughs> we'll throw a photo on the website. So, yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's see. So late high school into college. That was my that was my Christian. Christian book period too. Uh-huh. Like that was when, so I, I became a Christian in high school. And so that was my, like, um, I, I won't even say some of the, you know, some of the stuff of, you know, just cheesy main, mainline mainstream Christian stuff. But I mean, that's how, you know, that was really formative to me at mm. the time. Um, mm. had never, like, I didn't realize that was a thing until late high school. So I read a lot of that and I started getting into theology, Um, really kind of really dug historical theology Mm. um, and church history. So I read, um, you know, um, what's his name? Jaroslav Pelikan's um, volumes on church um, history of theology. Mm -hmm. Um, Justo Gonzalez's uh, church histories were both really big for me. I liked the context. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the the Christian living books were fine, um, but they were always like, I was always like, okay, but like how you're saying these things that are just obvious didactics and, polarizing and I'm like okay but where does that sit in the situate within itself within history so like I just really gravitated towards the big picture stuff so um yeah that was kind of that was my like that was kind of the stuff I was reading at the time I I didn't I don't remember a ton of fiction that I read in college and I'm like this is really great so I really it was a lot of a lot of theology a lot of history were people
3: recommending books uh, to you or were you just finding your way uh, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it was it was it was
4: a little bit of both. I had some people who were like, Oh, you should read this. So I do remember like my at the time, like I was I was a I was a rabid little Calvinist and mm. um I'll be bleeping that word. Though. Yeah, you can go ahead and bleep that word. Um, we, we had was, Jeff Menders on and, you guys, and buy his
2: book. And, it was and they 20, bleeped it out. It
4: was 2010. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it was 2010. Everybody was a Calvinist. It was a weird time. Um, but... Uh, we try trying new things. <laughs> we are all trying new <laughs> things. <laughs> like, it was like the evangelical version of the acid test, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wheaton was hate Ashbury. you know? Like, it was weird. But... Uh, yeah, and that's, Ooh. I mean, so Crossway, reading Crossway books and, and B&H books were like, that was my jam, man. I was, that was,
2: there's times to be so much, so much bleeping in this right here, right?
4: Good. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, and, and so it was like, I mean, I very much like gravitated towards the scene and so like in that, in the scene, both online and in person, like you just, people read the same books, they talk about the same stuff and so like, sure do. um. Yeah, you see. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what's up, and so like it was very much. There were a couple of years. It was really. It was until I got married when I was in uh, senior in college, and uh, that was kind of a, a literary turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of my literary world, like it was like before I got married, like high school to before I got married, I read. That's what I read a ton of.
3: Yeah. Okay. When was when was the turn to so circa was it twenty fourteen when we first worked together
4: twenty fourteen yeah. Mm-hmm. And
3: I remember Nick and his lunch breaks with infinite jest. Oh well, on yeah, the, we'll uh, get there, man. Well, That's next. Well, my, of but, course, you read but that. Must have David. been very soon oh, after the period year. That's great. I
1: have a David Foster Wallace tattoo. I I see yeah, that, it's and it's lovely. Opening
4: passage of yeah.
3: uh, from Pale King. <laughs> but I just I, anyway. I kept thinking, why are you doing that to yourself <laughs> <laughs> at lunch? The joy. Mm. We'll we'll get into the next well, phase.
2: We got to go to the
4: next
1: phase. Are we
2: threw everyone here For um, this one. You. Is Before there, the college, like like high, post
1: co- college yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, post college. Yeah. Take, take us, yeah, yeah, to the next level. The post Longing. college, right up until 25, it was basically just um, random all over the place, lots of fiction, lots of, like, um, actually lots of action thrillers because mm-hmm. I rode the bus a lot. Okay. And so to get to work. And so I would read stuff like that just to just have fun with it. Um, then I became a Christian. Um, at 25, and so I had a period where I was basically like binging on um, lots of lots of books in that space. Um, some were very helpful, some were very not. Um, there were interesting patterns of of reading that I saw happen that where um, I couldn't tell you why I was reading these books because it didn't make sense for me to be reading them. Really, like I had a season. Um, in around 2008, where I spent like six months reading books on suffering, um, and then brutal, yeah, and I was like, "Why am I even reading these books?" And it's like I just felt like I had to develop some kind of theology of of suffering. And then my wife almost died during mid- miscarriage in 2009, so um, so I was like, "Oh, this is why." Okay, <laughs> um, and so so listeners just never let it be said that. There's not reasons for you to be reading what you're reading when you're reading it. Um, just make sure you're reading good and helpful things and not trash. <laughs> so, um, which, which is well-defined in past episodes. <laughs> yes. We, we've, we've explained yeah. all of yeah. this. So go back and listen 50 episodes or so. It's fine. Um <laughs> I'm just assuming if you've made it this far, you've listened to all the other episodes. Oh, absolutely! I would would hope so. At this point, you're committed. Yeah, Um, you're in it. Yeah, at least I'm the only person who's listened to every episode. So, (laughs) but I haven't. I don't have a choice. I edit the thing. So.
2: I, I can't remember what we say sometimes I get to go back before we start like posting about it and like oh okay yeah we did talk about that
4: yeah, yeah. I go and through then, and
1: I'm like oh that's gonna get us fired yeah, and, uh, yeah
4: podcasts are scary man you put a mic in front of me and it's going to like a Dionysian yes. trance and it starts saying stuff and you can't get yeah. you can to stop it's like I'd be more reserved if there wasn't a
2: microphone in front of me this is bad yeah and all
4: your friends are gonna think I'm crazy I like it I like it's it all, yeah, listeners
2: it's all about context and you know we uh uh we're not like intentionally setting out to say one thing or another. It just kind of comes out in conversation. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. So, next All time right. you
2: like get like outraged by a celebrity, just realize that they have a microphone
4: in their face and weird things come out of your brain when there's a microphone right in your face. It's true. It's true. Give them some grace, guys. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Mm.
1: That's good advice. Yeah. yeah.
2: Wow nick that was poignant we're, we're gonna quote ex- you on that one yeah absolutely. maybe consider the title of this yeah it
1: could be it okay all right that's good yeah weird things come out of your mouth when all right a, when a mic right when a microphone is in front of you
2: all right so we're getting through 20. We're now we're, we're adults now we're adulting yeah. which your, so your life have, ends so right now I get the so so after as a we get, get canadian let, let, yeah
1: in, just as a oh, remember one more as a good canadian I am immediately, As soon as you say we're adults now, I'm immediately thinking of the Pursuit of Happiness song from the early 1980s. So nobody knows um, what you're talking about. James knows. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just gonna leave you hanging though. Oh no,
2: you have to post that one. Yeah, I I'll know. throw it in there. It's okay.
1: it's fantastic.
2: Okay, all right. Yep.
1: All right, we so we're go. adulting now. We're, we're, we're adulting, adulting now. Reading We're reading and adulting. adulting. And That's right, we're grownups, Ring and, the the parents. parents.
2: Hey, have we had children yet? No. Yep. Oh well, we've had children have. now. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, all right. So, no, I'm going to say we haven't had children yet. It's just like it's like or or very young children. Yeah. All right. I'll, so I'll, I'll start. I'm going to take, take, take go. us all the way through. All right. So I, I I've talked about this before. Once I got out of college, suddenly it's like you have yeah, this freedom, and I got really into history books. I already read history books, but I got really into history books. It's the only genre I read. Hmm. I mean, for a good decade and i i did read a few other things but the reality is that's about it undaunted courage john adams go down the list anything you know from david mccullough and so on and it was great but when you have kids <laughs> as all of us in this room have kids your, your time is so different and your energy level is so different um mm-hmm. you're just kind of expended and and so I know some people, so that, yeah, so you get into fiction books. And I think part of it's, I realized, like, my edu- I don't think I ever completed an education or reading. And I kind of set out 10 years ago to say, okay, I'm going to start reading books that I either ignored growing up or I read but kind of passed over because they were taught to us and I didn't see how good they were. So I just, it's not one particular book. It's just, it expanded. And I said, I need to re- read differently if I'm going to actually grow as a reader. Yeah. That was the difference. Yeah. Dave, that was good. That's, that's good. Not interesting good
4: stuff, at all. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. No, it's fine. It's
2: no, so it was it was so, fine. Yeah, uh, it's fine.
4: It's fine. It fine. Just fine. <laughs> no, it was uh it's fine for, code for boring? Fine's code for whatever you want to read into it. Nice. But it is always code. There we go. Okay, good. But it always changes. Like. Interesting. It it depends on inflection, okay. context. Fine is like the Midwestern catch-all. Ah. It's, it's kind of like. Fine. Okay, yeah. there you
1: go. Yeah, it's fine. There you go. Yeah, is this house a hotel? It's fine. It really is. It's that fine. Means it's like it's got it's got bugs, and someone was murdered no, in my room. <laughs> no, if you say like it's fine, it's like don't worry, you're you're good.
4: Or it's like yeah, it's fine. It's like I'm used to staying at a Marriott, but you put me up at a Days end. You know, mm. it's, and so it 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 can mean anything. Got it. It Can mean anything and
3: nothing. Mm. It's deep. I think I followed a path somewhat similar to Dave, and uh, except I mean I, I did I married an English major and she uh i was helping me i don't not like pedantically but just by example like think think more broadly and although you know i even reference like i guess science fiction and fiction fiction in general but science fiction speculative fiction is maybe the genre that's carried with me throughout mm-hmm. uh my seasons of life yeah but i really started around that time in our early early days of marriage and then before kids just Trying out new things, you know, and, yeah. uh, and historical fiction, which was kind of a natural outgrowth of the uh, of the history. So things like uh, authors like Dorothy Dunnett uh, comes to mind, and and that was an actually. Uh, do you guys know Dor- Dorothy Dunnett? I know the name. I don't no. think I've actually read. So, uh, couple couple series uh, from the roughly like 16th 15th and 16th century Europe a lot of changes happening in the world it's just brilliant brilliant stuff but kind of hard to like especially her first novel is not the easiest mm-hmm. and I actually had a couple stop and starts on that it's called uh, um, Game of Kings actually, mm-hmm. and the Game of Kings is uh, a harder book, but really rewarding. And then that launched me through her whole series. And so, anyway, that was a season where historical fiction, and then uh, trying out some other things in terms of westerns and and uh, but fiction in general added to that, that that season that I talked about with the theology and the um, just the the yeah. history proper. Yeah, and really starting to enjoy a broader diet.
1: Nice, nice. I think. Adulthood really could be summed up in rediscovering fun hmm. and uh just because I spent a lot of years um, really just trying to make sense of a lot of things um you know, redeveloping a worldview and and hmm. and stuff like this. so there's a lot of that that had to be done, but then I forgot to ha- how to en- just enjoy reading so um so it was. Reading like so, it was everything from like the Hunger Games to eventually, just before I moved here um, three years ago, reading Harry Potter. Uh, I worked in a bookstore when it was coming out, and oh, goodness, um, and because I was How fun, you know, a pretentious <laughs> as uh, as a twenty-something. Uh, I was like, no, I'm not reading this. It's too popular. No, you go listen to your Coldplay and your Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> I'm right here. Well, you're also so you, you mean, weren't right supposed here. to be reading that as a Christian, right? Well, well, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Oh, okay, so, so you're
3: yeah.
2: yeah, but it was so. it was popular. didn't care. Seeing a that's bunch right. of people all requesting the same book, getting in line, yeah, dressing right. up, and then, in, of, and the then of course costume. my
1: um my uh, ongoing affection for. The midlife crisis that is Nick Hornby is, <laughs> is just what it, it's where it's at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rob, Rob, what's his
2: last name again? It's, it's different It's in, different in one. the book versus yeah, the movie. But it's Nick Hornby. That's Aaron, that's Aaron, there Aaron Strong. Are All
1: his characters are basically Nick Hornby. Do you so. guys
2: catch yourself just, I mean, I mean, this is kind of a sub-question, like a character that you've read that you're like, man, that, that's me. I have this, such a similar struggle or <laughs> life story. I don't know. But, like, yeah, yeah, Aaron, it's Nick Hornby. You just love. <laughs> you, 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 I, just, you, I just relate. You suffer uh, like Nick Hornby does. <laughs> you see the world as Nick Hornby does, kind of, in a twisted way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, He is a great, I mean, he creates tremendous characters. Yeah. So, I give him that. Well, his, you know,
1: his books are very different from each other. They're not all, yeah. like, yeah. you know, weird, um, borderline fetish yeah, like fever pitch. Record collectors and, uh, and stuff like fidelity. that.
2: Yeah, well, but they're all like – But they're all – don't l- take this the wrong way. It's all about like a man-child.
1: A little bit. There's a little yeah. bit of a quirkiness yeah. to it. Yeah, I got, um,
2: a man who's like 30 years old who should be a little more grown up than he actually is yeah. and, you know, that the story falls around Like About a Boy is a c- classic one for well, that.
1: Well, yeah. Well, because, I mean, here's the thing. I was actually – as I was getting ready for work this morning, I, I literally ha- was thinking about this, which is – I'm 40 now. <laughs> I don't know why.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. You are. Why is it that
1: no one – I was thinking about my dad when he was when he was 40 and for some reason and I was like you feel like I felt like when I was in my teens and my 20s like in my early 20s that I would I would know that there was this moment when I was going to be a grown up and I would feel like I'm an adult. Yeah. And I'm 40 and i still don't feel like i'm an adult what mm-hmm. the heck mm-hmm. and so this is the existential crisis that i am going through in my midlife crisis mm-hmm. is what, how is it that we have not realized that there is no like there's nothing in your in your in your brain that that switches that just says hey i'm an adult now aside from i have a job and responsibilities and kids um, but you still f- kind of feel like the same jacked up mess that you did when you were 25.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's why Nick Hornby resonates with me so much is because mm-hmm. everyone is a hot mess in his books. Right. Um, so, and it's like, and I feel like that most of the time. So it's like, okay, yeah. there we go. No
2: one wants to read about perfect characters. That's right. This is no. therapy I know. for Aaron. right That's now. what I love so, about. Yeah. You good guys. characters. Good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's right. All, right. All right. You know, Nick, good. we don't want to. We don't want to leave you.
4: Oh man, I've been thinking. I'm like, does Wendell count as yours? I uh, no, dude. We're not even there yet. <laughs> um, just-
1: You're listening to the Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. <laughs> Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious a smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LigarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I am Aaron, and with me again, as always, thankfully, is Dave That's right Yet but, another episode We're cheating on Barnabas That's right Yeah he He's too good for us Right now With his church job And <laughs> His church job <laughs> His church job he seems like oddly serious about this. It's kind of funny. He's doing well. This is good for him. It really is. But I'm is. worried for us.
2: <laughs> I am. Like you know, he's using like big theology words and stuff like that. Like he cares yeah, about things. Small groups,
1: discipleship. Well, you know, he is the he director like, of small groups at his church. Oh, that's why. Okay. Or discipleship or something <laughs> like that. He seems um, like. Director he, of discipleship. That's what he he it is. He seems
2: like he cares about hmm. people amazing yeah, when did that happen
1: i don't know man that's amazing he he's grown as a person what's he left here Grown <laughs> so. as a person and i'm proud of him for that his
2: personhood yeah yeah good for him with yeah with his good coffee with his coffee
1: yeah <laughs> look you can't go wrong with a good cup of malcontents blend Ugh. from lagaris roasters huh. it's delicious it's way better than gut check you know this is true <laughs> Right. The happy ramblens <laughs> almost as good, but really it's yeah. it's all about us. Don't yeah. even worry about church curmudgeon though, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whatever. All right.
2: Dave, we have some special friends here. We do. Um, yet again, we have. If you listen to last episode, um, if you have not, but we have Nick Reinerson. Hi, and sorry about that last episode.
1: No, 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 no. I got yeah. a little. I got a little all intense. All right. We uh, I'm gl- sorry, we forgot to explain the rules on this show. We don't apologize for things. No, we okay, don't. Okay, I rescind my apology. There you go. He's
2: just going to bleep you out at some point <laughs> randomly. That's your payment, all <laughs> right? That's your penance. Uh, no, but we talked at a great conversation about Wendell Berry, since Nick is a Wendell aficionado. And so do listen to that. And if you're not a Wendell Berry fan, he may help you reconsider to try a book or two. So there's that. But uh, we also have a new guest as well, James Kennard. Uh, another friend of ours who James also works at Useful Group is founder of Useful Group uh, but James Nick Aaron and I um, of course in Barnabas like we talk books a lot that's mm-hmm. part of why I said James. James does not live in town either uh, James lives up in the Chicago area
3: in that's right. Aurora that's right A St. Louis Cardinal fan living in Chicagoland, so we're here to talk Cardinal baseball, right? You
1: know, every time I hear Aurora, I immediately think of the opening scene of Wayne's World. Wayne's World. (laughs) And it just makes me happy (laughs) with Mike Myers with his Scarborough, Ontario accent talking about living in Aurora, Illinois. It's the best. (laughs) <laughs> Do they,
2: like, celebrate that movie in Aurora? Not really. Anyone? I've never heard
3: anybody in Aurora mention that movie. You really? It's the only people c- outside I about of Aurora.
1: all the, the time. The, you're, the, you're in Bloomington. It's the only
3: thing that Aurora is known for. That's right. Yep. That's
1: right. City well, thanks of lights. for having me. City of
2: Lights, right? It is the City of Lights. right. Is that on, like, the... I don't know, like the stone entrance to
3: Aurora. Oh, there's a church called City of Lights. There's signage oh. sign City of Lights. Oh, City Lights. 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 City okay, of Lights. <laughs> <think> <laughs> <lice. laughs> <laughs>
0: you never know. Uh, you
1: never know. Right. Is that Detroit?
2: Uh, oh, man. oh, man. Too soon. What's everyone
1: got against Detroit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, well. Well, James, good to have you on. So, yeah, we, we've always talked a lot of books, so I think it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you're like leaning in like you're going to say something. No, I wasn't. Like, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, so James comes in town every now and then. So that's why I said, dude, sometimes when you, you get in here, we've got to have you in the show because uh, uh, and we were talking even beforehand, kind of what some some things we wanted to go through. Um, and James actually had a good idea. And. We're going to talk about the books. I thought it was a good idea.
1: You you make it what? sound like that's the first time James has had and I No, a no, no idea. It's more like <laughs> or that you're surprised <laughs> that No, James no, no, had it's more ideas. like so
2: I knew with Nick we were going to talk Windowberry and I just said get your head wrapped around that cuz I really want to cuz we haven't like done that and Barnabas would like hate talking about Windowberry for an hour. So that was the opportunity right there With James is we could talk about a bunch of different things cuz you do read a lot of different types of books. But it's more when you get about four dudes
3: in a room you got to make this interesting for everyone. So I don't know. So. I think the hesitation you're picking up there was that Dave – Dave knows that you guys should be the ones leading the conversation topics. The fact that I had the idea yeah. says something. He's we're a little embarrassed. But
2: if a listener, if you <laughs> have not picked up on the fact that we plan these out about five minutes or less in advance, uh, then five
1: minutes is when we're really prepared. Yeah, it's just, really a, prepared. It's just
2: a couple of girls gapping together. Really.
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Nick.
2: Yeah. Uh, there you go.
3: So, but the idea, James, would you like to introduce the idea? Sure. Yeah. I was thinking that we, it would be fun to talk about and, and, and perhaps interesting to listeners to, to look at our, our, our book reading through our seasons of life, you know, what, what books we remember at certain periods, how that shaped us, how that maybe, maybe took us from one transition to the next. And, uh, and, uh, that was, that was the essence of the idea.
2: Yeah. I it's like good. it. I it's like it. It's a good topic. All right, so how, how early do we want to start? Just when we started reading can
3: books, go period. Like, can we go like, do like a
4: little kid and then like, Puberty and then like (laughs) teenage years. I don't want to know. Well, I, I exempt, feel like there's you're a lot of from puberty. <laughs> all right, we're just not um, getting go
2: there. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron James and I will cover that. All Should right, we're not
4: going be- to call it puberty. We're going to come up with better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what are the kids calling it these days. Um, so just, I don't even know. i mean, I'm I'm too, don't know Can we just I'm too do early, early, this
2: stuff? Can we do year by year
4: and just be in here for four hours? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Wow. All right, we've well, we lost to half of our listeners already. No, So
2: no,
3: no. Eventually, I have to. Junior high, high school. Cool.
1: There you go. Okay. Huh? There, there you go. Very nice. Ooh. All right. Fine. All right. That'll so early fun.
2: years. All right. So when you first, when you kind of discovered books, and you're like, man, this book book reading is fun. Yeah. Like, this is this something that's kind of captured me. Yeah. Or whatever. So do you yeah. have one in mind to start, James?
3: I remember, I remember reading books when I wasn't supposed to, in, in my junior high classes, mm-hmm. and specifically chemistry. Well, chemistry is more high school, but science and even. Even like language arts, as we called it back then, <laughs> way yeah. long ago.
2: So you're reading books during class, like and not Well, if attention? you prop
3: up the textbook just so, oh. you can sneak in some some better yeah. reading.
2: I did that, but with sleeping. <laughs> so James, so, that's, what, that's how that's how you did it in Arkansas. Is so that, I remember, yeah. and
3: and I think I think why this sticks in my memory is that I had a I don't remember exactly which class, but I remember a rather large textbook, and I was hiding behind it. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the full volume that oh, had all there of the go. books, right? Uh, so, yes. pretty conspicuous to actually be you know, flipping through that book page by yep. page while the teachers teaching.
1: Yep, I like that.
3: So, <laughs> so, so as far as I mean, a more meaningful point from that, I don't know if I have one, except that that's the most. That's like the one of the earliest memories yeah. I have of like I am enjoying reading, and I kind of want to own that, I suppose, right? Yeah, and yeah. like and like. Uh, yeah. And that, I mean that book if you've read that book it's it's great it's great it's, it's I mean, like laugh and, out loud which is probably not the best again to be reading in a public school general, classroom generally <laughs> not a
1: wise savvy like not a savvy choice there good choice from like an enjoyment standpoint
3: right that's right but that's contextually right. Yeah. that's right so I mean I'm, that's about as rebellious as I got in those days so, yes. you know? such a rebel <laughs> such a rebel how about for you guys
1: <laughs> oh man well my reading patterns have always been weird. So I remember like, this is going back pre like before, you know, junior high into like grade school. I remember reading, um, it's a really old copy of, uh, of some Sherlock Holmes stories that we had in our house. Yeah. And so I was like eight reading stuff like that. Nice. And, um, novelizations of, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and like the f- the full size ones not the junior novelizations and stuff like that and um lots of terrible trashy media tie-in novels. Um <laughs> hey, you
2: always shared that. Yeah, it's funny like you yeah. you'd get into Star Trek and then you kind of go into another
3: world with it. Yeah, and, and oh almost. my goodness, I've read a Star Trek novel or two yeah. in my day.
1: Yeah. They are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're so badly written um, at least they were so in
2: the 80s. Um, so with a lot of those yeah. did the creators just basically just license out writing well, I mean pretty it-
1: much yeah like um, like Paramount owns the owns the books they they have a partner publisher that they that they do it with it's all licensed through Paramount's Media Group and um, and so they're basically like these are the things you can and can't do but not, uh, but just be aware none of what you do counts and 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 that's about it. So you can't kill off a major. You can't kill off a major character. You can't. Uh, you can't do anything like that um, unless it's some kind of time travel story. And, and, <laughs> and there's a re- reset b- button built in anyway. So, so yeah, <laughs> the search for Spock that just didn't go well, did it? The uh, the, third movie, was that that was the third movie that was third movie. That was a solid movie.
2: You like that one? That was I good. I remember. It
3: was fun. Yeah. No. See, I it was, fun. Any it was books. not
1: as good as Wrath of Khan, but that's okay.
3: Um, <laughs> but well, that's right. They killed him off, and Khan. then changed their mind by the next movie. That's right. Because yeah, right. yeah. he was
1: like, "Oh, I actually like playing this character again," and wanted to. back. Oh, is that back. what happened? He just got to and write me. He out he of this? he agreed to do the second one only on the condition that they would kill him, and so he was supposed to die early in the movie. And then he was having a good time, and they kept rewriting it. And they were like – and he's like, okay, when am I going to die in this movie? And it didn't come until the very end. And then he was like, I actually had fun with this. Mm-hmm. And so they set it up as – they set it up open-ended for a sequel. And there was like – he's like, all right, I'll come back, but only if I can direct the next one. And He directed that one. He directed that. was the first, I didn't know that. That was huh. actually the first movie that yeah. Leonard Nimoy ever directed. Wow. Yep. And then he did um, – Star Trek 4, which was the best received aside when from the San Francisco comeback yeah, Back the, yeah. in time travel I like one. that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was basically a comedy in 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 Star Trek, and it's, that's fine. It was, it was amusing. It hasn't held up all that well. But <laughs> no. No, it <one laughs> hasn't. No. It's hard whenever um, you
2: throw in some special effects in that time, but oh well.
3: Well, the practical effects are actually pretty good.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. The practical right. effects are good. All right. So, All right, there you anyway. go. Sorry. All right. I did not uh, expect
3: to talk about Star Trek on this. Sorry. This, oh, this this just never went know where this, this is is just went go. to a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is really bored.
1: I, mean, really, I he's I'm like, really scared where he's, he's going this right now. He's daydreaming about Wendell Berry and <laughs> uh, and that's fine. But um but I mean as like so so stuff like that, uh Tolkien uh with the the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings that was that was in there early on um I remember reading Dune and Douglas Adams and and you know Neil Gaiman comic books first nice. um, when I was in when I was in high school um, because he hadn't started writing novels yet so there was that stuff too. How old were
3: you when you dipped into Frank Herbert Dune? Oh, like ten. Okay, so how did that land on you? I mean, at ten, verse eighteen, verse now—that's a different book. Oh it, my goodness! Yeah, it's been years since I've read
1: it, but mm. uh, but it was it was interesting. It was uh, there was so much I didn't get. It was like this is weird, mm-hmm. but uh, but I want to keep reading it. Mm-hmm. So,
2: all right, yep.
1: okay, Nick, what do you got? man the younger, younger Nick Rears
2: like yeah. five years ago how was the yeah, experience was, for like, you? when you were
1: in junior high by the way we're I'm all like, like, 40 like or,
2: we're all like all 40 or almost 40 in the room and then we got Nick He's we're in the 27 club yeah but you're like that's an right. old man though you really do if you talk about Wendell Berry for an hour and we had to like shut you
1: down like that is
2: <laughs> that is that, 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 that's sure, you're an we old man gonna, we were like gonna it.
1: put a blanket on you yeah. and let you just w- cozy up in the hot hot room I was gonna think that I thought
4: neurotic is probably the word that I would use but yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure, old soul, whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, I was I was all over the place. So I, you know, and just a, a side note, like having parents who read gets you into reading, like gets you reading so much more. And my dad just had wall-to-wall bookshelves all around the house. And so like I had access to great, great stuff early on. So um, when I was little, um, and by little, I mean like probably five or six, my favorite thing where... I don't you can still find them in like antique shops or like used bookstores sometimes. They're called great illustrated classics. Yes. So what they are is they're these they're they're about yay thick. Um you can't see me podcast listener sorry, but I'm taking my fingers and putting them together into a thickness of a normal size book. Um and they're a white cover with uh, red lettering and it's all of these classics. So like White Fang, <laughs> uh, Red Badge of Courage, Count of Monte Cristo, um What are some other ones? I mean, Three Musketeers, all these like Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, all of these like awesome historical class, like written into like 80 to 100 pages, maybe a little more, but like with illustrations on every page and like distilled down. So I read all of these classics in these illustrated form and I tore through them. I must have like 25 of them. And I remember them. Like that's how I got into reading books. And so um, did you know they were the dumbed down versions at the time? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry Which that is, I w- that's sorry it. that I wasn't reading Dumas and uh, Hugo at five. I'm sorry, I'm behind in Arkansas,
2: dude. All right, all right, yeah, I didn't even really have books in
4: Arkansas, man. Yeah. Chill out um <laughs> i was one of the lucky
2: ones
3: i, I learned how to read
2: they, yep. every every time i love when someone like discovers you're from arkansas they're like confused like wait you don't sound or look anything like you come from arkansas which sounds terrible because the there's there's amazing people from
3: arkansas but they think like i don't know country or something like that i'm like no
2: not at all man when i
3: first took my wife to arkansas to to show her my hometown she's like I did not expect it to look like this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Arkansas is great.
3: I know. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, sure, like, so sure that, I you know, don't. the question is, what yeah, did from you Blumenthal expect? It. It? Oh, no. <laughs> said, sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah everything's it's great. Fine. Everything's yeah. Everything's great. great.
4: Um, but yeah. And it says, um, I'm just going to move on. We're done digging on Arkansas. You look more like an Ohio guy to me, James. Like if I had to be like, <laughs> where is this dude from? I would have said Ohio, like central Ohio. You're not a Cleveland, dude. You're like Columbus. Um, uh, but anyway, take that for what you will. Uh, as I got it. as I got older so I I read um I read Tolkien um I read the first two Harry Potter books and got bored because I just didn't think they were very good. Um but I was also have, a kid.
2: Have you revisited them? No, nope.
4: really? Nope. Do you want to? No, not really. At some point maybe. There's a lot of good books to read that yeah, I have no, read. Yeah, I know. I'm not mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just Yeah, I mean people. it I honestly like I don't read a ton of fantasy. I don't read a ton of sci-fi. Yeah. Um I I respect I I'm interested to like find the gems and occasionally I read something, but so what I really got into coming of age, junior high when everybody's really moody. So um, I was really into film as well. Mm. So like my dad got me onto Akira Kurosawa really young. And so I was into like, you know, Yojimbo and Seven Samurai, Throne of Blood. It's like great films. And so I got really into Japanese culture. And so I read one of my favorite books, still one of my favorite books. I've, re, I've reread it again as I've gotten a little older and it holds up and is really impactful and interesting. Um, it's a book called Musashi by a guy named Ija Yoshikawa. So it's this great classic novel. I think it was written in the 19th century, but it's a samurai novel. It's sort of an epic adventure. Um, I think Yojimbo is based somewhat on it. But um, so this was the book that really like dove me into like hard to read book because it was, it was like, it's like 900 pages. It was like a, it was a heavy book. Like it was, I remember it being a challenge as a kid. I still have the first copy I read and it is destroyed because I took it with me everywhere. And I would just sit in a waiting room and read or like, you know, at the store, like sitting in front of the store, waiting for my parents to shop, just sitting there reading this book. And, um, and I remember just being like captivated by it. Um, and as I got a little older and like, you know, got into like high school a little bit, um... I got really into heady stuff. So I, Camus was w- like, I was reading Camus when I was 13, which no 13 year old should read Albert Camus. <laughs> like, no. that is just like, you're moody enough at 13. But I, I mean, I was really impacted like ideologically and, and just the way of thinking through um, The Stranger and The Plague. Um, and then Vonnegut kind of followed in the hills and I, I devoured Vonnegut as a kid. Yeah. So. That's kind of where my, that was my childhood. So, like, I do a little bit of, like, you know, I read, you know, I read uh, Lord of the Rings. But for the most part, it was, like, it was moody stuff. I was just a moody kid who had access to, like, like classical moody books rather mm. than, like, grumpy young adult fiction, you know. So I was just, I was your normal teen with just a bigger library. <laughs>
1: Just an average teen, teen reading Camus. My gosh! <laughs> wow, you know,
4: I was enjo- just that teen and enjoying and it. it. You know, like as I tell you that I'm a 13 year old reading Camus, you know what I looked like as a 13 year old, right? <laughs> Hood up in the corner, did long you, hair. Okay, did long you hair? have a cape? I did not know. <laughs> I was okay. Actually, I was kind of cool. I was a skater and I was into indie hip hop. Like I had all oh, these like there you I was go. Just the kid who had like the black hoodie always uh So you were indie the Okay, band. so you we'll were talk about that later. So you
1: were the white kid in the suburbs. I was not in the suburbs. I was in
4: Bloomington, Illinois. That is not a suburb. It is its own self-sustaining town. It is 2 hours from Chicago. <laughs>
3: Touched I resent, a nerve.
4: I resent the affiliation. <laughs> anyway,
1: continue. <laughs> So you're shaking up all my stereotypes here. All right, all right. Canadian, I'll I'll finish I'll finish up, and then we'll move to another layer. Okay,
0: great.
2: I, 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 I've shared uh, before on the podcast. I was not a big reader growing up, but I did love a few types of books, and they're always Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Um, You mentioned Red Badge of Courage, which kind of hit me too. Uh, across five aprils another civil war book that follows kind of a kid growing up and they're all like coming of age stories i think that's what i think that was a the theme it's only a, a kid or a boy to become a man that i can identify with and i think i was my mom just kept throwing books at me she was great um yeah. she knew i liked <laughs> war stuff so she's like all right <laughs> go you know um but, yeah, I just kind of lost it for a decade until my early 20s. I mean, I read plenty in high school. I just didn't love it. I sure. mean, so there's not, like, other than To Kill Mockingbird, there's not a memorable book that's like, oh, man, that changed it. I've reread many of those books, and we've talked about it in this podcast, but I, I just— Books were on the side for me. Here,
4: here's a fun side quest of this pod, podcast. What are some books you were forced to read in high school that you really liked? Do you remember any? You said To Kill a Mockingbird. That I liked <sighs> then, or anyone? I yeah, liked I did. That you really like. You were forced to read and end up really like being like, "Oh, this is pretty impactful."
1: I mean, Gatsby. Gatsby. Hmm. I didn't expect to um, like it, I and mean, I
2: did a lot. Uh, we. T- uh, Catcher in the Rye. I mean, I I know, I, I, I know. So I, know. Like I mean, Catcher I I love and hate it. We probably no, I, I just hate it. it. You, just hate you just hate it. the best. He's,
4: he's so such moody. A d- okay, a little,
2: <laughs> but that's what makes him so endearing. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, but but that's a unique one where I read it again and I hate him. you, you know what I mean. It's more like you spoiled kid. You know, I mean, that's really it. But you read it as a high schooler, suddenly you're like, yeah, I mean, I feel what he's going through, this and that, and. Keep saying spoiler alert. All right, but no, he's, (laughs) yeah, the dude, the kid's nuts. All right, so let's just kind of go with that. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't know. I have less patience for those characters
1: later in life. Well, because now, because now you're old enough to be his dad, and so you're probably thinking more. What would I do if this was my kid? Yeah, and it's like things I probably can't say on a podcast. You're not saying you'd kill him, are you, Aaron? (laughs) Not saying that. Okay. Wow. Not, Canadian <laughs>
2: wanting to murder.
1: Interesting. Or consider we, murder. We, we use knives for that. We don't use, use knives, guns. Right. Which, have guns. Which I'm sure society thanks you for. Well, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Stabbing is a problem. Mass stabbings. Anyway, <laughs> yes. I can't. I can't. I can't. Is about mass shootings the title of this,
2: of this particular episode, <laughs> stabbing is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, All right, let's take let's go up a notch, another, another level. All right, next layer of life. Let's do high school into early twenties, college. Yeah, yeah, college. Yeah, the rest of your student years. Give yeah. me kind of those.
3: Yeah, that's when I started getting into uh, military history a little bit. Um, history in general uh, was um, becoming really interesting to me. Actually, I mean, it makes me think. You know, not to go not to not to take a hard turn back to Star Trek, but something that was interesting (laughs) about. Seriously, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) Dave, I think you will appreciate this point. I don't know if I'll make it well, but I think part of in, in retrospect, I think there was something about the leadership and like the organizational nature of, of, you know, Jean-Luc Picard and how that stuff was playing out that was really interesting to me. And like, how do you, and then as I started to get into military history, how do you rally people on a, on a hard, complex mission? And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so those were, and part of that was like right out of, right out of high school, I went to the Coast Guard Academy and some of the things they were assigning us to read were uh, in that genre, but I was really loving it.
2: Mm-hmm. You're reading Star Trek at the coast guard. Star Trek no 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 junior high. Yeah, I haven't read yes. a Star Trek book <laughs> since
3: junior high. Let me be clear. <laughs> no, that's what I thought you were going like. No, no, no. Hey, that's cool. We'll we'll see I'm just about trying that. to connect. I don't I'm trying you. to give we some we'll justification. For
4: can that. I sure.
2: challenge? Can
4: I challenge? Like, I throw a red flag on that? Yeah, you can. I challenge. I In think you you definitely read a tra- Star Trek book since junior high. No, how do I prove that? Star Wars after. Okay, that's fair. I'm just surprised. I think. I think you should go back to it. But anyway, um, I should go back to Star Trek. Yeah, man.
3: <laughs> we'll help you out. Yeah. So I mean, that's what I that's what I would say. I mean, it was then it was in the in my in my I guess my mid 20s when uh, there was also starting to be my th- heavy theology period and reading um, a lot of Christian living um, during the, Wheaton and post Wheaton. Correct. Yep. That's right. That's yep. right. And uh, it was just becoming a voracious reader. Whereas before it was a little bit inconsistent, right? You're Mm -hmm. doing sports in high school. And then, but then as you start to move, as I started to move from, um, you know, through my years at Wheaton into, okay, now I have like, I I used to use a word, but more ownership over my reading diet. I, I, that next sort of stretch was a lot of theology, uh, some philosophy, but more, um, more of that. Whereas now I'd say, oh, I won't, well, I'll save that for later.
1: Okay. There you go. All right. I Um, got to pivot back to a a high school – actually, a late high school, early college reading habits. There tended to be a lot of um, trying to find um, weird stuff to impress girls with. (laughs) <laughs> and just so you know. So like. What like. Work, uh, that how work? would you do this? How, like, yeah. like thinking like. Think like Eastern philosophy kind of things. Nice. Um, you know like you, Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. And, oh, yeah. and And all that kind of crap. What do you like and, quoting uh, it in everyday language? No I just
4: see Aaron like sitting in like a college campus with his feet up. Like on a like sitting very like posed reading Siddhartha with one hand.
2: Like nodding, you can clearly see the book cover. Yeah, and oh and yeah, it not. yeah, you're the, absolutely. You're, you're not far mm-hmm. off. Okay, he just,
4: he's he's like mm-hmm. kind of got that like like low Mona. Mm. Mm. Oh. Spectacles are on. Yeah, the spectacles and... on, but like low a little bit. Maybe <laughs> he's wearing sunglasses. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. No. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I, I think like your I coffee
1: conversation. If
3: you said it's good. <laughs> I see that. I like that. Aaron, but, yeah. But did it work? Yeah. yeah. Here's oh, the thing. I mean, this married, is the advice.
1: So. Well, I am married, but it was not because of uh of those attempts. Those those attempts do not work. Um, So let that be a lesson to you young men who may be listening to this show as opposed to all the middle-aged men who are listening to this show. Um, might work if you're uh, middle-aged. Non-married. Just saying. I don't know. I've never been middle-aged non-married. There you go. Nor have I. But it doesn't work. just makes you look like a pretentious windbag. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I read uh, uh, Surprised by Joy
2: in college Mm -hmm. and that was kind of my I mean, even though I'd read Christian books became Christian when I was fifteen but you know it's suddenly you're like wow okay I mean that's a memoir right I mean uh, from C.S. Lewis about him his is, conversion more or less mm-hmm. and uh, it's a it's a great book it's not too long um, but yeah kind of igniting something to me I started reading a lot more just Christian books in general I'm not necessarily like theology but just yeah I just was curious uh, about different writers out there so. Yeah. I was I was a later bloomer. There you go. That's fine. It happened, <laughs> not in that way. <laughs> Aaron, well, James, Nick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the
2: face they just gave me was just perfect. So we can capture that one. All right. So wow. glad This
1: is an audio medium. Yeah, we're... <laughs> we'll throw a photo on the website. So, yeah. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Okay. Let's
4: see. So late high school into college. That was my. That was my Christian. Christian book period too. Uh-huh. Like that was when so I, I became a Christian in high school. And so that was my like um I I won't even say some of the, you know, some of the stuff of you know, just cheesy main mainline, mainstream Christian stuff. But I mean, that's how, you know, that was really formative to me at mm. the time. Um mm. had never like I didn't realize that was a thing until late high school. So I read a lot of that and I started getting into theology Um, really kind of really dug historical theology Mm. um, and church history. So I read, um, you know, um, what's his name? Jaroslav Pelikan's um, volumes on church um, history of theology. Mm -hmm. Um, Justo Gonzalez's uh, church histories were both really big for me. I liked the context. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the the Christian living books were fine, um, but they were always like, I was always like, okay, but like how you're saying these things that are just obvious didactics and, polarizing and I'm like okay but where does that sit in the situate within itself within history so like I just really gravitated towards the big picture stuff so um yeah that was kind of that was my like that was kind of the stuff I was reading at the time I I didn't I don't remember a ton of fiction that I read in college and I'm like this is really great so I really it was a lot of a lot of theology a lot of history were people
3: recommending books uh, to you or were you just finding your way
4: uh, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it was it was it was a little bit of both. I had some people who were like, Oh, you should read this. So I do remember like my at the time, like I was I was a I was a rabid little Calvinist and mm. um I'll be bleeping that word. Though. Yeah, you can go ahead and bleep that word. Um, <laughs> we, we had was, Jeff Metters on and, you guys, and bought his book. And, it was and 20, they bleeped it out. It was 2010. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it was 2010. Everybody was a Calvinist. It was a weird time. Um, but... Uh, we trying new things. We were all trying <laughs> <a> new things. <laughs> we like It was like the evangelical version of the acid test, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wheaton was hate Ashbery, you know? Like, it was weird. But, uh... Yeah, and that's, I mean, so Crossway, reading Crossway books and, and B&H books were like, that was my jam, man. I was, that was, <laughs> I <didn't> used <laughs> to be so much so bleeping in this right here, right. Good. Um, but, but yeah, and, and so it was like, I mean, I very much like gravitated towards the scene. And so like in that, in the scene, both online and in person, like you just, people read the same books, they talk about the same stuff. And so like, sure do. um yeah you see, I mean mm-hmm. you know what's up and so like it was very much there were a couple of years it was really it was until I got married when I was in, uh senior in college and uh, that was kind of a, a literary turning point for me mm-hmm. and so when I think of my literary world like it was like before I got married like high school to before I got married I read that's what I read a ton of yeah
3: okay. when was when was the turn to so circa was it 2014 when we first worked together 2014 yeah Mm -hmm. And I remember Nick and his lunch breaks with infinite jest. Oh well, yeah, we'll uh, get there, man. That's next. uh, Of
1: course, you read that. Must have been very soon after
3: the period. That's great.
1: I have a David Foster Wallace tattoo. I I see that,
4: and it's lovely. Opening passage of uh, from Pale King.
3: (laughs) But I just I I kept thinking, why are you doing that to yourself (laughs) (laughs) at lunch? The joy. (laughs) Mm. We'll we'll get into the next phase.
2: We
1: got to go to the next phase. We threw everyone here for Um, this one. You. For the post college like, post-college Co- yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. college. Well, I mean, post college, yeah. take, take us yeah, yeah, yeah. post college right up until twenty five. It was basically just um, random, all over the place. Lots of fiction, lots of like, um, actually, lots of action thrillers because mm-hmm. I rode the bus a lot, okay, and so to get to work, and so I would read stuff like that just to just have fun with it. Um, then I became a Christian. Um, at 25, and so I had a period where I was basically like binging on um, lots of lots of books in that space. Um, some were very helpful, some were very not. Um, there were interesting patterns of of reading that I saw happen that where um, I couldn't tell you why I was reading these books because it didn't make sense for me to be reading them. Really, like I had a season. Um, in around two thousand eight, where I spent like six months reading books on suffering, um, and then brutal, yeah, and I was like, "Why am I even reading these books?" And it's like I just felt like I had to develop some kind of theology of of suffering. And then my wife almost died during mid- miscarriage in two thousand and nine, so um, so it was like, "Oh, this is why." Okay, <laughs> um, and so so listeners just never let it be said that. There's not reasons for you to be reading what you're reading when you're reading it. Um, just make sure you're reading good and helpful things and not trash. <laughs> so, um, which, which is well-defined in past episodes. <laughs> yes. We, we've, we've explained yeah. all of yeah. this. Go so go back and listen 50 episodes or so. It's fine. Um <laughs> I'm just assuming if you've made it this far, you've listened to all the other episodes. Oh, absolutely. I would would hope so. At this point, you're committed. Um, You're in it. Yeah. At least I'm the only person who's listened to every episode. So (laughs) – but I haven't – I don't have a choice. I edit the thing. So – Hmm. I I can't remember what we say sometimes I get to go back before we start
2: like posting about it and like oh okay yeah we did talk about that yeah Yeah. I go through and
1: I'm like oh that's gonna get us fired yeah and uh (laughs) podcasts are scary man you put a mic in front of me and it's
4: going to like a Dionysian trance and it starts saying stuff and you can't get (laughs) you can't even stop it's like I'd be more reserved if there wasn't a microphone in front of me this is bad (laughs) yeah and all your friends are gonna think I'm crazy I like it I like it listeners it's
2: all about context and you know we uh uh We're not, like, intentionally setting out to say one thing or another. It just kind of comes out in conversation. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. So next time you,
2: like, get, like, outraged by a
4: celebrity, just realize that they have a microphone in their face and weird things come out of your brain when there's a microphone in front of your face.
1: It's
2: true. Give them some grace, guys. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Mm. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. Nick, that was poignant. We're going to quote ex- you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe consider the title of this. Yeah, it
1: could be it. Okay, all right, that's good. Yeah, weird things come out of your mouth. When all right, a, when, a micro- when a microphone is in front of you.
2: All right, so we're getting through twenty. We're now we're we're adults now. We're adulting, yeah. which so your I'm life have, ends so right am now. So might So Canadian, let, let, yeah.
1: In, Just as a remember, oh, you got one more as a good Canadian. I am immediately, As soon as you say we're adults now, I'm immediately thinking of the Pursuit of Happiness song from the early 1980s. So nobody knows um, what you're talking about. James knows. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> gonna leave you hanging though. Oh. No, you have to post that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'll throw it in there. It's okay. it's fantastic. Okay, all right. Yep. All right, we so we're adulting now. Adulting now. We're reading and adulting. That's right. Grownups, reading and
3: parents.
2: Yeah. Hey, have we had children yet? No. Yep. Oh, well. We've had children have. now? Oh, yep. No, to- <laughs> I know. Um, okay. All right. So, no, I'm going to say we haven't had children yet. And it's just like, it's like, or, or very young children.
3: Yeah. All right. I'll, so, I'll, I'll start. I'm gonna take take going to take us
2: all the way through All right. So, I, I, I've talked about this before. Once I got out of college, suddenly it's like, you have yeah, this freedom. And I got really into history books. I already read history books, but I got really into history books. It's the only genre I read, hmm. I mean, for a good decade. And I, I did read a few other things, but the reality is that's about it. Undaunted Courage, John Adams, go down the list, anything, you know, from David McCullough and so on. And it was great. But when you have kids, <laughs> as all of us in this room have kids, your, your time is so different. And your energy level is so different. Um, mm-hmm. You're just kind of expended in and so I know some people, so that, yeah, so you get into fiction books. And I think part of it's, I realized, like, my edu- I don't think I ever completed an education or reading. And I kind of set out 10 years ago to say, okay, I'm going to start reading books that I either ignored growing up or I read but kind of passed over because they were taught to us and I didn't see how good they were. So I just, it's not one particular book. It's just, it expanded and I said, I need to re- read differently if I'm going to actually grow as a reader. Yeah. That was the difference. Yeah. Dave, that was good. That's, that's good. Not interesting it's at so all. No. But yeah, that's
1: <laughs> fine. That's no, it's not so it so, fine. This yeah, it yeah, fine. It was fine. It was fine. it was fine. Just fine. <laughs> no, it was uh for, it's fine for, code for boring?
4: Fine's code for whatever you want to read into it. Nice. But it is always code. There we go. Okay, good. But it always changes. Like. Interesting. It it depends on inflection, okay. context. Fine is like the Midwestern catch-all.
1: Ah. It's, it's
4: kind of like. It's fine. Okay, yeah. there you
1: go. Yeah, it's fine. There you go. Yeah, is this house a hotel? It's fine, it really is. It's that fine. Means it's like it's got it's got bugs and someone was murdered in no, my room. <laughs> no, if you say like it's fine, it's like don't
4: worry, you're you're good. Or it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, I'm used to staying at a Marriott, but you put me up at a day's end, you know? Mm. It, and so it 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 can mean anything. Got it. It
3: can mean anything and nothing. Mm. It's deep. I think I followed a path somewhat similar to Dave, and I uh, except I mean I I did I married an English major. And she uh, was helping me, I don't, not like pedantically, but just by example, like think think more broadly. And although, you know, I even reference like, I guess science fiction and fic- fiction in general, but science fiction, speculative fiction is maybe the genre that's carried with me throughout mm-hmm. uh, my seasons of life. Yeah. But I really started around that time in our early, early days of marriage and before kids just trying out new things, you know, and, yeah. uh, and historical fiction, which was kind of a natural outgrowth of the uh, of the history. So things like uh, authors like Dorothy Dunnett uh, comes to mind and and that was an actually uh, – do you guys know Dor- Dorothy Dunnett? I know the name. I don't no. think I've actually read it. So, uh, Couple couple series uh, from the roughly like sixteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth century Europe. A lot of changes happening in the world. It's just brilliant, brilliant stuff, but kind of hard to like. Especially her first novel is not the easiest, mm-hmm. and I actually had a couple stop and starts on that. It's called. Uh, um, Game of Kings actually, mm-hmm. and the Game of Kings is uh, a harder book, but really rewarding. And then that launched me through her whole series. And so, anyway, that was a season where historical fiction, and then uh, trying out some other things in terms of westerns and and uh, but fiction in general added to that, that that season that I talked about with the theology and the um, just the the yeah. history proper, yeah, and really starting to enjoy a broader diet.
1: Nice, nice. I think. Adulthood really could be summed up in rediscovering fun mm. and uh just because I spent a lot of years um really just trying to make sense of a lot of things um you know redeveloping a worldview and and mm. and stuff like this, so there's a lot of that that had to be done, but then I forgot to ha- how to en- just enjoy reading so um so it was. Reading like so, it was everything from like the Hunger Games to eventually just before I moved here um, three years ago. Reading Harry Potter, uh, I worked in a bookstore when it was coming out, and oh, goodness, um, and because I was How fun, you know, a pretentious s- as uh, as a twenty-something. Uh, I was like, no, I'm not reading this. It's too popular. No. You go listen to your Coldplay and your Dave Matthews
3: band. <laughs> I'm right here. Well, you're also – You mean, weren't right supposed here. to be reading that as a Christian, right?
1: Well, well, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Okay. So you're
3: yeah, – Yeah. But it was popular. So. It was popular. So I popular.
1: didn't care. Seeing a that's bunch right. of
2: people all requesting the same book, getting in line, yeah, dressing that's right. up in the then, stupid of course, costume. My,
1: um, my uh, ongoing affection for – the midlife crisis that is Nick Hornby is, <laughs> is just what it, it's where it's at. Mm-hmm.
2: Rob, Rob, what's his last name again? It's, it's different It's in, different in the one. book versus yeah, the movie. But it's Nick Hornby. That's Aaron, that's Aaron All his
1: characters are basically Nick Hornby. Do you so. guys
2: catch yourself just, I mean, I mean, this is kind of a sub-question, like a character that you've read that you're like, man, that, that's me. I have this, such a similar struggle or life story. I don't know. But, like, yeah, yeah, Aaron, it's Nick Hornby. You just love. You,
0: you,
1: you, I, just, you, I just relate. You
2: suffer uh, like Nick Hornby does. <laughs> you see the world as Nick Hornby does, kind of, in a twisted way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, He is a great, I mean, he creates tremendous characters. Yeah. So, I give him that. Well, his, you know,
1: his books are very different from each other. They're not all, yeah. like, yeah. you know, weird, um, borderline fetish yeah, like fever pitch. Record collectors and, uh, and stuff My like Fidelity. that.
2: Yeah, well, but they're all like – But they're all – don't l- take this the wrong way. It's all about like a man-child.
1: A little bit. There's a little yeah. bit of a quirkiness yeah. to it. Yeah, I got um,
2: a man who's like 30 years old who should be a little more grown up than he actually is yeah. and, you know, that the story falls around Like About a Boy is a c- classic one for well, that.
1: Well, yeah. Well, because, I mean, here's the thing. I was – actually, as I was getting ready for work this morning, I, I literally ha- was thinking about this, which is – I'm 40 now. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Why is it that no one? I was thinking about my dad when he was when he was 40, and for some reason, and I was like, y- you feel like I felt like when I was in my teens and my 20s, like in my early 20s, that I would I would know that there was this moment when I was going to be a grown up, and I would feel like I'm an adult. Yeah, and I'm 40. And I still don't feel like I'm an adult. What mm-hmm. the heck? Mm-hmm. And so this is the existential crisis that I am going through in my midlife crisis. Is what, how is it that we have not realized that there is no like, there's nothing in your in your in your brain that that switches that just says, "Hey, I'm an adult now." Aside from I have a job and responsibilities and kids. Um, but you still f- kind of feel like the same jacked up mess that you did when you were 25.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's why Nick Hornby resonates with me so much is because mm-hmm. everyone is a hot mess in his books. Right. Um, so, and it's like, and I feel like that most of the time. So it's like, okay, yeah. there we go.
2: No one wants to read about perfect characters. That's right. This is no. therapy for Aaron. Right that's what I love so about. Yeah. You good guys. characters.
1: Good stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. All, right. all right. You know, Nick, so good. we don't want to. We don't want to leave you. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh man, I've been thinking. I'm like, does
1: Wednesday count as yours? I uh, no,
4: dude. We're not even there yet. Um, <laughs> I've just been thinking. Like, hey, man, I've had we so don't many... have another hour. here. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Gosh. I'm just thinking about how inter cha- uh, like intermixing everything is. But I, I remember there was at one point, like, I got married when I was 21. So mm-hmm. like maybe within a year or so, that my reading habits like shifted dramatically and like I was I was reading some stuff here and there like I remember I was I've always loved like music criticism and so I was reading like um, Dylan's biographies and like Grail Marcus who I talked about in the last episode I've been reading him since I was in high school but like at some point like I don't know if it was like I realized like I'm gonna die and there are I can't yeah I know welcome to my my morose (laughs) life I'm uh, I, I should be, I should yes. be a Nick Hornby, whatever you're saying. <laughs> I got that. I got those vibes, man. There you um, go. But like, I, I was like, and there are so many classic books. I'm not going to be able to read them all. Yeah. And so I'm like, I want to be really selective about what I read. Yeah. And if I'm interested in something, find, if I can find the best of it and dive into it. So I got interested for whatever reason, um actually i remember the exact thing that got me to read is really sad but um the newtown shooting had just happened Mm -hmm. and um ross duthat in the new york times wrote an incredible article called the loss of innocence and he talked a lot at length about the brothers karamazov and about um ivan and Alyosha's conversation and so i was like I think I should read this. Like, you know, I don't yeah. know if that was the Memento Mori or if it was a lot of things brewing, but like, I'm like, I I need to read Dostoevsky. Yeah. And so I read a lot of Dostoevsky and I read... um which got me interested in the Russians in general. Um, so I read some Tolstoy, and then I read – I got really interested in the context. I didn't understand the historical context of Russia. So um, instead of just reading Wikipedia like I could have, um, I read Nicholas Rasanovsky's History of Russia, which is like the premier text on like Russian I love history. This. And so I got really into this, and I read um, – some really great stuff about it. And I'm like, well, I'm really only reading about um, Western Russia. Like, what's Mm -hmm. going on in the East? So I read V.K. Arseniev's Dershu the Trapper, which is actually made into a Kurosawa film. Um, But like, so I I just dove into this, like, I got lost in this labyrinth of like, it started with one thing and it kind of unraveled and I just dove. And, And so for about, a year, I just read Russian, And, like, I read several translations of the Brothers Karamazov because, like, I wanted this, like, Constance Garnas, which is, like, the main translation is, like, kind of, like, kind of older. So there were some newer ones. I don't remember who did the newer ones. But, like, I wanted to compare them. Like, I was – I just dove into a rabbit hole. And then after I got out of that, um, something else probably triggered me at some point to – read some David Foster Wallace essays. Mm. And I remember I read his essay about cruise ships and was like, this guy is an incredible writer. And he used to live in Bloomington. Yeah. Um, he taught at Illinois State University for a while. And so I'm like, this guy's kind of interesting. And I like, my dad had a copy of Infinite Jest. And I'm like, can I snag that? And so I spent about eight months working my way through Infinite Jest mm. exclusively. And I I read a lot. And I'm usually a quick reader, but it took me, it took me months. I mean... And it was really – it was a time when I was going through a lot of personal deconstruction and figuring out, you know, who I was and what I was th- what I thought about things. And so probably oh. not the most helpful thing to read during that time, to be totally honest. But um, I read everything he wrote. So I read all his short stories. I read his, his couple of his novels, uh, mm-hmm. Brief Interviews with Hideous Men, um, his um, novel that came out after he died, The Pale King. And they were really moving, I, I, I think – the thing that it taught me to do was to see, like, to look beyond sort of the linear narrative, yeah. um, and sort of dive in. So, I just, I, and I found that I fall into these holes mm. of reading, and so now I'm, I'm a little broader. So I, I'm kind of in a lot of different things, but like Wendell Berry is my last big hole. Like, I, I fell in. I read everything he wrote, and I'm, I'm kind of in other things as well. Like, I, I've kind of, I've learned a really lot, I read a good amount of history and still love music criticism and love I fell into a mini Marilyn Robinson hole for a while so but I but I found that the general trend has been I want to read great things mm-hmm. because I'm not going to be able to read everything I want yeah. and so I try to be really um, thoughtful about what I read just because I know that there's so much and that's kind of a daunting and sad thought at times I'm like I
2: really just want to read everything when I look at Goodreads I have realized that uh, I can never read all these books that is just the reality that, that that's the reality there's but I want to but it's put me in a place where I have to be so much more selective I mean and and so what are the books that are gonna count only I mean I can't read a hundred plus books a year like you guys you guys are animals you and Barnabas sorry um but uh but I can read one a week you know and plus it you know change and I can get up to like 70 a year right that's now. really and solid. like no, but even that, yeah. I'm clicking enough. Like, man, I really want to read this or that. That'd yeah. be great. When you mentioned the Russians, I'm like, well, gosh, there's. button. you're right. This has been on my list. I want. I, where do I put that in terms of what's next and what's that going to be doing in terms of speaking of my life? So, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a different problem than not reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Absolutely. suddenly like you're never like. Fully happy because you haven't read all these books yet, but um, yeah, it's a, a journey though, right? Like it's you get to explore things, and I love so like
4: I love to read magazines too. Like I still get the New Yorker sent to my house. Like I like
3: reading things. Do. Yeah, of course you do. do. But like I love the <laughs> only physical... because he wanted to say it on a podcast. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all right. All right.
4: <laughs> I get a magazine sent to my house that is of no significance of the title, um, but I, but there often there will be um short stories or reviews of things or like in an article somebody will mention something and it'll lead me down another like it's like I'm hiking in the woods and yeah. there are a bunch of different paths and you get to take all these different paths and find all this weird interesting stuff and like I I don't want to be like um, elitist about what I read. Like, it's not like I just want to read the things that are critically considered great. But I like reading things that other people are, like, really excited about. Mm -hmm. Because when other people get really excited about something, it means it impacted them. And, like, I want to see what impacted them. Yeah. And and it's not
2: just, uh, oh, it's on the New York Times about list. And uh, there's all these people excited. And I'll read plenty Mm -hmm. that are uh, on the list. It's great. It's not that. It's it's more about people I trust, seeing them kind of alive because Mm -hmm. they read it. And and there's lots of different types of people. It's not just always... The new John Grisham. Right, Aaron? Because he loves him. John
1: Grisham. <laughs> Dude, I went through a John
4: Grisham I think I read every, like, I read like eight John Grisham books in like
3: two weeks. Yeah. And then oh I've never goodness. touched it They're not him. all bad. Well, I've never touched one since. We complimented the 90s. I like fifty. We like the 90s. F- like the it's 90s. Yeah. It's fine.
2: Yeah. So fine. There, there you go. go. So right.
3: Dave, as you're going to the next book, are you, are you going off inspiration or working through a list or is it very?
2: Uh, a little bit of both. I do have a list, but yeah, there's sometimes there's one like, oh gosh, yeah. I have to read this. I wasn't planning on reading Lonesome Dove. Just started that. There's mm-hmm. my book, by the way. And yeah. I just Thank started. You. But yeah, that's, I mean, it's because we talked about it. I'm like, man, I've wanted to read that forever. Okay, it's now like top of the list. Like yes. I, I went and bought it yeah. on vacation at there you go. Uh, the Riviera. There you go. There are uh, books in Florida? Well, there are books in Florida, yes. You have to, you have to import them. Oh, uh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's how it goes, right. James. So
1: on uh, on that note, you know what we need to do? We need to switch gears because it's getting really hot in it's here. It's hot. It's late and it's hot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, James, <clears throat> real quick, you have the honor of delivering our Jack
3: Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. Oh, what an honor. Yeah. Well, the name that comes to my mind is Gary V. And if you know Gary Ooh. V, if you don't know Gary V, listeners, don't worry about Googling Gary V. But those who do know, this, the social media – Titan guru, that's who I would like to sucker punch. Tag boy, day. let's start a beef. Mm. I just, I just find, I find him insufferable, and yet I can't make myself unfollow him because there is the occasional really interesting, you know, really right. he's that point. kind of
2: person who tells it how it is, but he's so crass about it, and it's, it's like the authori- the authoritative way. It's like anyway. All right, so. We we all work in marketing at the end of the day, and I, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than someone like claiming they're the king of this or that. I'm like, dude, you were like. I mean, if Barnabas is here, he'd have a really good put down of these people. you <laughs> really good. If yeah, you know what like, the king of two anything, years ago, they not. were selling whatever yep. uh, at a place. I don't want to insult an industry because our <laughs> listeners may. It's not that point. Is are they're, they're suddenly like self-appointed experts in the In yeah. social media, well, there, there, there's
3: some people who it feels like they are saying the proportion of the words they say to the meaningful words that they say is is um, striking. Well, I
4: think. In a lot of different other spaces, whether it's academics or authors or like the people that I've come across that are truly experts in something, they often have really interesting things to say, but there's so much meaning and nuance in what they say. And whenever you run into somebody who says they're an expert expert and have no nuance to what they say, like you can almost be sure that they are not experts or that what they're saying may work for Maybe it does work for them, but they've interpreted their success as truisms. And I think mm. that is just so dangerous in in anything. Yep. So, yeah, I'll punch him too. Can I punch him too? Let's sure. Let's do it. Right. Right. You guys can team up on that. He's from New York. Yeah. I feel like he would be a scrappy fighter, so we might have he to. He might parent. cut you. Yeah, he might.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. So,
1: I said what I'm reading. What, yeah. what else you so, got? So, real fast. Yeah.
3: Real fast. What are you reading? I just started a novel by William Gibson called Pattern Recognition. Nice. Okay. Gibson School. I am
4: reading, I said last podcast, I'm reading a bunch of stuff, but another book I'm reading that I find interesting right now is a book called Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. Mm. That is, it's a kind of businessy book that you would expect like a Gary V to write, but it's written f- <laughs> in a posture of humility of exploring, um, exploring ideas of how to, how to work within systems. And so um, it's a good, it's a good quick read, especially if you're looking for a, uh, just some some tic, some trips and trips and ticks, tips and tricks. That's how you speak you English. Go. Wow, um, well done. Yeah, thanks. Well it took done. a minute. You
1: did it um, to like to
4: just like keep moving.
1: Yeah, very cool. I am. Uh, I just finished Treasure Island. Hmm. Oh, you went back. I did. Nice. I did. Yeah, so it was uh, it was it was a fun one. I was
2: just recommend that as like a, a read aloud. Yeah. book on yeah James knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, people. it was uh, great. It was yeah. a great time. So. Did, so, awesome. did you Ooh. did you just read it yourself? Just myself with kids?
1: Okay, just myself.
4: Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm also reading uh, Herzog by Saul Bellow and it is fascinating.
1: He is a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> a weird dude Saul Bellow. Nice. Yes, there we go. Right. All right, that's a great place to end our end our show on, guys. Thanks it's for a weird, hanging it's out a with weird us. Weird place, but it's good. You know what? It's there's, no, there's no not no. weird place on this episode. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this has been a lot of fun having you guys Love on. Talking here. books, guys. Thanks, guys. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do leave your five-star rating and review. Uh, Make it as entertaining as possible, and um, then we'll have some more fun with it. And, of course, get yourself as much Ligaris Roaster's Table of Malcontents planned as you can handle. We will talk to you later. Bye.